Shawty, what's all with y'all? Oh, hi. Coming to say you're lucky, fine. We got to cutting it off. It she know about the kid and fuck on my line. I'ma keep it up all with y'all. But Shawty, I'm trying to make you mine. Don't make it too easy, I wanna try. She looking too good, can't let it go by. Oh, yeah. Think I won the lotto. This slow mulatto. She could be a model. She wanna show me some. Think I won the lotto. All right, in today's episode, we have Jordan on for part two of our NBA trade deadline recap. We're going to finish up talking about the trades that me and Butsy did not get to. None of those trades were really major, but we're just going to talk about them real quick. Then we're going to do our winners and losers and kind of tie in our first impressions of the new teams with those winners and losers. Okay, I'm here with Jordan. Thank you for coming on. It's been I've been waiting to do this with you because I know... We love talking about trades. It's one of my favorite things in the NBA. I know it's one of yours as well. Um, how did you like this trade deadline before we get into it? Man, I was shocked. I did not see any of this stuff coming. The KD stuff, Kyrie stuff, I did not see coming at all. Um, Russ. And it, it's it's cool to see the shakeup. Russ, yeah. I, I mean, that was more predictable, I think. But the, the Lakers as a whole, what they did with their roster, I did not. Thing. I didn't see that coming at all. Um, but yeah, overall, really awesome trade deadline and surprising trade deadline, which is what you want. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I love that one point. Uh, I believe, I think, it, oh, I forget what time the trade deadline was. I think it must have been 3.30 or something, 3 o'clock. And it was just us. I was in class, like typing on my computer, computer yeah. texting. And it was you, me, and Butsy in this group chat, just spamming trades. It was fucking nuts. That uh, was 20 minutes, 30 minutes before the deadline, my phone just didn't stop buzzing. Is oh, yeah, unreal stuff. It was awesome. Um, I had Twitter open on the web page and it was one, I had two pages open. One, actually, no, I had three. It was funny. I had Woj open and I was just refreshing him. I had Shams open, refreshing him. And then on, on the third page, I was like talking to a bunch of random people that were just like hitting me up in Twitter and all this stuff. It was so fucking fun. Um, but yeah, so let's get into the trades that Butsy and I missed. We're, we don't have to get super in-depth in these ones. I have them uh, written down. First one, Mike Muscala. Uh, Celtics receive Mike Muscala. Thunder receive Justin Jackson, two second-round picks. Um, 10 out of 10 trade for the Celtics here. The Moose has been playing fucking amazing for the Celtics. And yeah, just this just um, backs up their front court a little bit on nights where they're going to need to rest um, Al Horford and uh, Robert Williams. And then also Muscala. I know he was getting cooked on Twitter because he couldn't guard jaw. No one can guard jaw. Okay. That's the whole thing is they target the big on the switch and they cook him because jaw's so fast. So um, he's definitely a passable defender, but what, where he really shines is offensively. Um, he had double digit points the first couple of games with us and yeah, he's been shooting the hell out of the ball. Jordan, how did you feel about this trade? Yeah, I think you laid it out pretty well. It's, it's huge in terms of letting Al and Rob will get rest Two guys who need rest. Rob yeah. for injury reasons and Al for age reasons and and trying to save some stuff for the playoffs, which we know he likes to do and w- would like to do. And Muscala has been playing great, too. Um, He's not just, you know, in in order to give those guys rest. I think he can play real minutes um, depending on the matchup. And if we need some, you know, a spark on offense and a shooting big man, he's he's been great. So, yeah, I agree. Ten out of yeah. ten. Tra- ten out of ten trade. Also, let's just mention it because we – it happened this morning, but Joe Missoula just got a contract oh, yeah. extension and has been named the head coach. I'm love this move. Uh, perfect move for me. 
I was yep. ready to be done with Ime after everything. I think it's going to be hard. It would have been hard to bring him back in. Um, it would have been an unnecessary distraction to the season. So I love this move. And do you love it as well? Yeah, definitely. I, it would it would have been impossible to bring Ime back, I think. And Missoula's done easily a good enough job that he he earned this this job. Um, wouldn't want to see an outside hire or anything like that. So yeah, I I love the move. Hits out. It hits all the perfect boxes. Uh, yeah, we're we're good with that move. Next trade that Butsy and I did not talk about was Josh Richardson trade. This one was fucking weird. I don't understand why this one happened. Um. Josh Richardson to the Pelicans for Devontae Graham and four second round picks. Immediate, my immediate reaction was one, I thought Devontae Graham was pretty fucking good for them and has been playing for them. I don't know. I you could have gotten a better player, I think. But then also my other reaction was how much weight do second round picks hold? Because that sounds like a pretty big fucking haul for Josh Richardson, who's a good player, but he's not he's not that much higher than um what's his name uh fucking Devonte graham i mean four second round picks is four players that second round picks hit pretty often nowadays like it's kind of weird what, what did yeah. you think about this trade uh it's it is weird this whole deadline there was a ton of second rounders being thrown around yeah. there was a decent amount of first rounders too but there was so many second round i think the bucks threw like five second rounders um yeah. to get crowder so yeah i don't know how nba teams are weighing these picks but i think for the Pelicans, Devontae just wasn't needed um, mm. at, at the guard spot. I think Richardson gives them better defense and it just adds to their depth. I don't know if they needed it, but I do think it makes them a little bit better. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, I We'll get into the Pelicans later, so we'll just leave it at that for now. Um, on the second round picks, just to give some numbers to it, I believe 38 second round picks were moved. Um, I'm not sure if they counted it. Um in terms of, you know, there was a couple of trades where one person would go to one team and then be rerouted. That happened with um, Kevin Knox and it happened with yeah. uh, Mikhail Chuck. So I don't know if they counted those picks twice as like if three went with Svi to wherever and then were rerouted to Charlotte, would that make it six? I'm not sure. But either way, there was a number assigned and that number was 38. So a lot of second rounders going. Next pick, um, this one was another kind of weird one. Dario Saric to the Thunder. Uh, Dario Saric and a second rounder to the Thunder for Darius Baisley. Um, makes more sense for the Suns. I, I believe this is to get rid of some cap, and Darius Baisley is a pretty solid young player. Um, Dario had that pretty good year and for the Sixers and then was pretty good for the Suns until he got injured. He just kind of hasn't really gone back to his true form. The only reason it's weird to me is because he doesn't fit the timeline of what the OKC Thunder are trying to do, so... I think maybe this is a uh, like a player that you can kind of like Al Horford. Remember, he was in the Thunder for like a season. And honestly, yeah. I think they credit that to the revitalization of Al Horford because he just got to rest correctly and get in some training, you know, and get the minutes. in. so maybe that's what happens to Dario. And then they flip him for more assets. That's kind of my thought process on this trade. What did you think about it? Yeah, that is kind of weird because I I've always thought Baisley was pretty good. I haven't watched yeah. him a whole lot, but. Um, for the Suns, do you think he's going to get in the rotation at all? I would imagine, yeah. Um, I would imagine he does. I, I, I honestly think it's more of the, um, they have like they're pretty good with European players in OKC. They have some of those coaches that really connect with them, and I think more, more of this is more of a you get you take him on 
it is contract salary dump maybe makes you a little bit worse so you can tank harder for some for victor's their ultimate goal and then you know you just kind of let him get into his rhythm um get back to being fully healthy and then you know flip him for more assets probably more young draft picks or players so yeah that's kind of my thought yeah i can see that yeah um and then finally this one was a this one was one of the fucking weirdest ones there was Bruno Fernando, Garrison Matthews to the Hawks for Justin Holiday, Frank Kaminsky, and two second rounders. I believe Justin Holiday got bought out. I don't know what the fuck this trade was. To, I know what it was for the Hawks. It was a salary dump. Um, you basically got two lesser versions of, like, for Bruno Fernando and Garrison Matthews. Those, those guys are lesser versions of Justin Holiday and Frank Kaminsky. So you get you a, you the Hawks attached two second round picks to basically get two lesser lesser versions versions of um the players they were letting go i think the reason they did that was a salary dump just to free up some space the reason i'm confused about it is the rockets i don't know what the fuck they were doing there do you have any inclination as to what they're trying to get done uh, that 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 looks really weird i don't i i can't really explain that one i know the rockets, I, the rockets I, seem I, like they're kind of just in a in shambles as a franchise right now with like coaching stuff, roster building, just everything. I don't know what's going on in Houston. Yeah. So that's actually a great segue to the winners and losers. Um, my first loser was the Rockets. I don't understand what they're doing. Um, and it's not just because that trade, it's mostly because of everything they've done this season. The first thing, I mean, Jabari Smith, what they're what they're doing to him there is just absolutely criminal. Um He's yeah. a good player and he's being completely wasted in Houston because they just don't have any development. I understand getting a lot of young players, but at some point you need an adult in the room to sort of teach these guys how not to, it's okay to lose, but they're, they're only learning how to lose right now. And it's, it's rough to watch. I don't know if you've watched any Houston games. They were one of my, I enjoyed watching them in the beginning, but recently it's just been yeah so, so ball dominant between um Kevin Porter jr. And, and, uh, Jalen Green it's hard to watch have you it's, watched any of them recently? well yeah it, it just it's frustrating because they have good players and they have talented guys that I think in with the right coaching and the right um, system in, in terms of an offense could actually be really effective and really good um, but it just it you're right it's hard to watch when they're all playing one-on-one and they treat it like a pickup game yeah, and there's teams that are bad that are fun to watch, like the Pistons, the Magic. Um, Thunder aren't the Thunder. Thunder, are pretty- Thunder are very fun to watch. I would argue probably the most fun is them and the Magic uh, in terms of bad teams that are fun to watch. Um, th- this is sort of like the Sar- the Charlotte situation where it's just a mess there. I really hope Victor Wembanyama does not go to either of those two franchises because they they don't know what they're doing right now, and it's – it's a really big shit show. Um, I would have liked to see them. I mean, what do they get for Eric Gordon? They got John Wall back and then they cut him. So I don't <laughs> understand what that trade was. Eric Gordon was an, a legit asset that teams were after. Yeah. Could have gotten something better than John Wall. Um, I don't know that I'm disappointed in them. And I, I don't know what the fuck they're doing. Yeah. Um, you want me to give a loser? Yeah, go ahead. All right. My first loser is the Warriors. So, they traded Wiseman, who a couple years ago was the second overall pick in the draft, was kind of thought to be um, the Warriors' big man of the future, which they had never had before. And we thought it would have been pretty cool for them to get a legit big man. Um, they He ends up not really panning out, um, didn't really develop the way they wanted to, and they trade him, which 
I, I understand. Um, but then they this weird thing with Gary Payton happened. So at the end of last year, they could have re-signed him, um, but instead chose not to. And now at this deadline, they end up trading Wiseman and completely overpaying for Gary Payton. So they kind of just could have done this last year and saved themselves money. So that kind of confused me. And I, I do think Gary Payton's a good player. So they're not like huge losers, but it's upsetting to see them lose the potential of Wiseman and also just make a bet, a weird like contract decision with Gary Payton. Oh, I completely agree. I had them in, I had them as a loser as well. And I part, I added them with the Pelicans and the Grizzlies, but we'll get into those teams later on the Warriors. And yeah, I mean, James Wiseman, I know, he hasn't panned out. He's also played less than 60 games so far in his career, yeah. which if there's one rookie that's played a full season, then they've already played more games than James Wiseman. He's been in the league for like two or three years. Um, Not to mention in college, he played what two games, something like that. Did he even play? I, I forget. Like he comes he out played, of Memphis and no one knows what he looks like. I think what? he played a couple games in yeah. college. Like barely any, and then he comes out of college in unknown, and you take him at two. I mean, obviously they 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 should have grabbed Lamelo there; that would have been perfect. But I mean, with Wiseman, it, I they clearly need to move on from him because Steve Kerr just doesn't play him anymore, but and buries yeah. him. But if you watch Wiseman play, it's not like he's an, he's not trying. He tries. Oh, I, think to he, I think he's going to develop actually a lot on the Pistons. Yeah. I agree with that. And I mean, he is buried a little bit as well. I mean, they have Isaiah Stewart. They have they have a bunch of bigs. So it's kind of strange that they took on another big. But nonetheless, um, yeah, the Gary Payton situation is really weird. Um, and basically, when, like you said, instead of re-signing Gary Payton and having Gary Payton and James Wiseman, they got rid of James Wiseman and brought back Gary Payton after trading for him. Very strange situation. And they also... Bottom line, did not get exponentially better in a West that did get exponentially better with both Kyrie going to Dallas and the Suns um, getting KD, obviously. So, yeah, weird situation with the Warriors there. And the reason that I have them together with the Pelicans and Grizzlies is the same exact thing. Both these teams made trades that maybe made them a little bit better, but did not make them better enough to compete in this really really strong west um this suns team i don't know if they're favorites now i think they are but i mean i would still have to see katie fit in but katie fits in everywhere and you're going against um a, a, a nuggets team that really solidified their bench here um and i don't know I, i'm worried about the the grizzlies and the warriors and the pelicans because pelicans have been looking like shit recently um, they got a little bit better, but that Zion injury is bad. He's going to be out for a while. I really like the addition of Luke Kennard for the Grizzlies. That's what they needed was shooting, but I wish they didn't made a more dynamic splash um, to get, you know, just someone, one more piece to get him over the edge. So it's the same kind of thing for all three of those teams. They need, they missed out on their opportunity to get a big piece to really put them over the edge. So, yeah, I think that's why they're all losers. Give me a winner now. All right, cool. Let's talk about some winners. Um, I'm actually going to go, <clears throat> I'm sure you and Butsy talked a good a bit about it, but I'm going to go with the Lakers. Yeah. Um, we've been saying for a long time that they just had to get Russ off their roster at, 
at you know by any means if they wanted any chance of contention. Um, and they actually got a good player. They got D'Lo, um, who gives them at least someone who can shoot and space the floor, um, which Russ just couldn't do clearly. Um, D'Lo also pretty good playmaker and definitely a better decision maker than Russ, who who turns the ball over frequently. And then I think you were definitely concerned about D'Lo fitting alongside LeBron. Um, just because of kind of how ball dominant he is and how slow he plays. Um, but it seems at least immediately like it's it's not going to be a huge issue um, in terms of play style. So I don't hate the fit there. I think they actually got a lot better. And then adding to D'Lo, they actually added a lot of defense, which they needed um, with Jared Vanderbilt and Mo Bamba. So I think it's still a long shot for the Lakers, but they do at least have a chance this year to pull off some upsets and make a run. Yeah, I agree. I liked I liked what they did a lot. Um, addition by subtraction with Russell Westbrook, and then just like you said, kind of filling out their bench. They're definitely better um, on paper than they were going into this trade deadline. I mean, Rui's a good addition. Um, yeah, Mo Bamba's a good addition. Uh, I love Jared Vanderbilt, so great addition there. They definitely um, made themselves a little bit more interesting for sure. Are they contenders? Uh, if AD's back to prime AD, then yeah, but he's been Big a little difference. weird. Yeah, he's been a little bit weird, so. It's just, it's all about health, so you, yeah. you can never, like, predict that. Exactly. Um, Kind of tying into that, my winner was actually – where one of my winners was the Minnesota Timberwolves. Um, I love what they did. They brought in Mike Conley, who him and Rudy Gobert have one of the best uh, uh, pick-and-roll games in the entire NBA. They're doing this. I mean, basically, they're what they're doing is they know they made the mistake with Rudy Gobert, but they're going to try and capitalize anything they can get from him by bringing in Mike Conley. It's already started to look good. Addition by subtraction, again, by getting rid of D'Angelo Russell, he was more of a distraction, and he was really messing up the flow of what they were trying to do. And then this move hasn't happened yet, but I really hope it does. Pat Bev got bought out by Orlando. I really hope he goes back over to Minnesota. I think yeah. they need an adult in the room, and I think that would be that would make this trade deadline a perfect trade deadline for the Timberwolves because, one, you get that adult in the room and beloved player from Minnesota um, in terms of he was there like a year ago back in Pat Bev. You get Mike Conley, who's going to optimize what you're trying to do with Rudy Gobert in the offensive game. And you get some players to surround Ant with who's been playing out of his fucking mind. So I love what yeah. Minnesota did. I think Pat Bev's also been playing a lot better than he was at the beginning of the year, at least in terms of shooting. So. Yeah, you could you could definitely help them out. Um, you want another winner? Give me a loser. All right, I'm gonna go with the Raptors as a loser, just because I'm very confused as to the direction of their team. Um, they got Pirtle, Jakob Pirtle, who's a very good player, and he's playing well for them already. But they gave up a good amount to get him, and he's gonna be a free agent this summer, and he's gonna be pretty expensive to sign. So. It, it's just weird because they're not really close to contending in my opinion. And there was so much talk about moving OG and Anobi for a big package. Um, obviously they don't want to move Scotty Barnes, but they could have moved off of Siakam, Van Vliet or OG um, to 
to make a splash to to send themselves in some sort of direction, either towards contention or towards rebuilding and building around Scotty Barnes. And I don't think they did either of those things. They just stayed where they they are with a mediocre roster that I don't think has any chance of contention. So I, I don't think they're in a very good place right now. Um, and that's why I have them as a loser. Hundred thousand percent agree. I put them in another kind of three team uh category as losers because they all kind of did the same thing. It was the Heat, the Bulls, and the Raptors um, going into this trade deadline. All three teams were expected to at least be sellers. The Raptors ended up being a buyer, which I didn't see. Um, but yeah, what I said was basically all three teams were expected to be sellers, but they had they were at a crossroads: either become sellers and gut the team and rebuild, or become buyers and shore your team up and make a push. And none of those teams did that. I know the Raptors were a buyer with Jakob Pertl. That's not bringing them to the fucking championship. I'm sorry. The East got better all around. Um, I, that Jalen McDaniels trade is a really, really good one for the Sixers. He's already been playing amazing. He's been very dynamic for them. The Nets are still very good and have not lost a step at all. I actually love this Nets team. We'll get into them a little bit later. The Celtics and Bucks both added key pieces to their already very deep teams. Cleveland's very good. I kind of wish I almost put Cleveland in this category, but um, because I really wanted them to make that trade. But Isaac Okoro has been shooting the ball recently. Um, so we're going to put a little we're going to put a fucking pin in that one because yeah. if he continues to shoot like this and they actually got the wing that they were trying to make a move for. Um, and then finally, the Knicks added a player in Josh Hart who fits seamlessly and perfectly into their system. Tibbs loves him. Jalen Brunson loves him. And I think he had like 30 last night. So, um, yeah, all the teams in the East got much, much better. Um, granted a suit, two superstars did leave in Kyrie and Katie, but it doesn't matter. The East is still a gauntlet and all three of those teams did absolutely nothing. Um, I don't understand why they kept Kyle Lowry, Vucevic and Fred Van Vliet. All three of those teams, in my opinion, should have gotten rid of both, all three of those guys. Um, especially Van Vliet, who is, whose contract is up. And I mean, he's really been bad for them, um, recently. And Kyle Lowry wanted to leave. Um, they were supposed to be working towards um, a resolution where he leaves. So I don't know what happened. My guess is that they couldn't find a spot for Fred Van Vliet or Kyle Lowry. But I don't know. Uh, I completely agree with you. They fucked up this trade deadline. I think it's going to bite all of them in the ass. What's your uh, next winner? Uh, my next winner, I'm going to go with the Bucks. I think it was a, a simple move to go get Jay Crowder, but it makes so much sense. Um Obviously, a 3-and-D wing who fits anywhere. You can put him on any team and he'll fit. But I think alongside Giannis, it's absolutely perfect. And just adds to their depth even more. They already have a super deep team. Middleton's coming back from injury. He looks um, like he's he's starting to to get his his shot back and starting to score a little bit better. He's still on a minutes restriction. Um, but Drew Holiday is an all-star this year, playing one of the, the best years of his career. And now they add Jay Crowder, who just gives – them another guy who can catch and shoot um put pressure on the defense and also play really good defense which is what the bucks do um as well as he's he's uh got good size so he fits in perfectly i am extremely scared of this bucks team as a Celts fan yeah couldn't agree more i am also extremely scared of this bucks team as a celtics fan um yeah i mean they they did exactly what they looked to do which was adding jay crowder and I couldn't agree with anything you said more. I mean, you pretty much summed it up. 
I had them in a category with the Celtics. It was just um, they both added a key piece. We already talked about the Celtics. Um, just kind of the piece that they were looking to add. They didn't really need to do too much. They're already very deep. And, yeah, they just added something they needed to do. Um, my next winner, I mean, let's just get this one out of the way, the Suns um, first. And then my other winner was the Nets. So we'll talk about the Suns first. It's pretty, pretty fucking – uh obvious here they got katie one of the best basketball players on planet earth and he fits seamlessly into any team that he's on and this takes chris paul from being the second or first second option to being you know low third option like i don't know this i can't fucking wait to watch this team i'm so afraid of them but i can't wait to watch him i'm really happy this is going on in the west and yeah perfect trade for them they didn't have to give up Aiton as well which i know there's been rumblings about him being weird, but I think he's still an asset and keeping him is really good. So let's hear about the Suns, Jordan. Yeah, it's perfect. There's there's not like much else you can say about it. It just works so seamlessly. Chris Paul, who's had a really down year, now has really no pressure on him to score and he can do what he's best at, which is distribute for other guys. Um, Booker and KD, obviously, pretty much... They play very similarly. I think they play well off the ball and they can also score in ISOs. So there's there's no issues in terms of fit. And then you have, you know, Chris Paul and DeAndre Ayton in a pick and roll who DeAndre Ayton, he's he's not a insanely skilled player, but he's a great athlete. He can run to the rim. Um, he can rebound, he can play defense. So it's it's just perfect all around. They did obviously give up uh Bridges and Cam Johnson, so their bench is a little thinner. But I, I don't think it matters. They they probably have now the best five in the NBA. Yes, completely agree. Um, yeah, perfect trade. The Nets, on the other hand, I think they had a great trade deadline as well. I love this Nets team. I'm not going to lie to you. I have a neighbor who's a Nets fan, so I've admittedly been watching a ton of Nets games. And this team is, one, so fun to watch. It reminds me of the team right before – what the team looked like right before – they got KD, Kyrie, and James Harden, and everything went in the shitter. I think getting getting rid of Kyrie is always a win for the Nets. I mean, they had to get rid of him. Yep. Getting rid of KD stunk, but now this team is a lot more fun to watch and is actually fucking good. They're made up of a bunch of really solid defensive wings. I really like Dorian Finney-Smith. He's a great defender. Cam Johnson, is this is going to allow him to flourish. He's been playing great. Mikhail Bridges is fucking amazing to watch. I love watching him. He's been playing awesome. Dinwiddie, this is where he thrives. And the only really downside is that uh, Cam Thomas is going to be buried on the bench again, which sucks. But other than that, I mean, they've got a lot of fun players and they work really well together. And they're great defensively and they're really good offensively. This Nets team, I mean, it's it's happy to, like they're happy to play together. The building looks happy. It's just, it's I'm happy for the Nets fans and the Nets team. Definitely. I it's it's weird. I immediately so I wrote Suns Lakers and then I wrote Nets in my winners column, but I didn't yeah. write any notes on the Nets. I just put a question mark because I was like, are they really winners if they go from being top contenders in the East, a top three team probably, all the way to really not having a shot at the championship? Like, did they really win the trade deadline? But when you think about it, I don't really believe that they were gonna win the championship this year. And now they they finally got that toxic presence of Kyrie out of the building 
Um, unfortunate they had to lose KD, but they they got a haul for him. They got you know a KD package, um, especially if if Mikael Bridges keeps playing the way he's playing and develops the way that we think he will. I think he's a future All Star. I know a lot of people don't see him that way, and a lot of people see him as just a role player. I think he's going to be more than that. Um, and you're going to start to see that this year now that he has a bigger role. So I, I do like the Nets as winners, but it is just weird because not often do you say a team that went from contending to not contending won a trade deadline. Yeah, I. It, but it's a weird circumstance. We've never seen what the Nets had to deal with before. That's never happened. So yeah, I agree. Um, And yeah, we, we're big Mikhail Bridges fans on this fucking podcast. We've been talking about him for almost a year now. So yeah, uh, yeah big sure. Mikhail Bridges fans here. Um, I talked about the Timberwolves, the Suns, and the Nets as winners. I just got two more, the Clippers and Denver. Um, Clippers first, <clears throat> they added Miles, yeah, Mason, my, one of the Plumley brothers. Mason. Mason. Mason, yeah. Um, then they added Bones Highland. They added Eric Gordon, and I think that was about it. They got rid of Reggie Jackson and, um, Luke Kennard. I... Oh, so they added Danny Green as well. Um, I liked I liked this what they did. Um, I liked that they basically just shored up their bench a ton. Um, all these were like all those guys were like kind of the biggest targets on the you know trade deadline, other than obviously the all-stars, but in terms of role players, those were the three kind of biggest role players you could look for. Um they're all in. I mean, that's all I got to say on this one. And uh, they definitely m- made their chances a little bit better. And yeah, they sh- they filled out their team a little bit. I like the moves. How did you feel about them? Yeah, I think it was good to get rid of Reggie and John Wall, who just unfortunately weren't playing as well as you need your your point guards to play. Yeah. Um, Reggie just really struggled shooting the ball and John Wall wasn't giving them as much as they had hoped for. Bones Highland is a bit of a wild card. And it's not a perfect yeah. fit. I think they would have rather gotten a playmaker um, at, at guard. But to have another explosive scorer, and, I mean, he can't handle the ball and playmake if he if he puts his mind to it. But I think it's not a perfect fit, but it does make them super dangerous. And then in terms of Mason Plumlee, he's actually been playing really well. I, I really like that. They um, That was a big need for them, getting some big depth for um, Zubots so he doesn't have to play the whole game. And so, yeah, I, I like what they did. But what are your thoughts on Bones and the fit? Because that does concern me a little bit. Yeah, that's that's the biggest. That I, I also had a question mark underneath their name. And it was purely because of that Bones situation. Um, and it kind of ties into my next winner, which was Denver. Getting rid of Bones was a big yeah. play for them. He obviously, I didn't realize how much of um, a nuisance he was on that team in terms of fighting with coaches, fighting with teammates, honestly, just being a baby and really being difficult. And if you watch, he shrugs off fucking Jokic in the final seconds of the game. He's like, no, nah, it's bones time. I'm going in there yeah. and uh, can't be having that. Um, I mean, this is one of those things that could either blow up in their face or not, but you didn't really give a ton up for him. So yeah. Um, yeah, hopefully Bones, you know, is smarter. I don't think he will be smarter, honestly, because we've seen this happen before. We see it with D'Angelo Russell. Um, he seems to think every time he's traded, it's because the team's ass, but it's really him. So hopefully he doesn't go the D'Angelo Russell route. But yeah, the fit is a little scary there. Um, transitioning now to Denver, I like what they did. What I really like 
was the Thomas Bryant edition, which was perfect because how many times I've been on here begging for them to get a backup center who was not DeAndre Jordan? Yeah. And then they add Thomas Bryant, who really good player. I really like him. Um, and then they added Reggie Jackson with the as a buyout guy. Perfect fucking buyout candidate. That's awesome for them. I really like that. How did you feel about the Reggie Jackson buyout pickup? Um, yeah, I think first of all, Thomas Bryant's huge. Um, DeAndre Jordan just can't be in the game for for a contending team. <clears throat> Reggie Jackson. So what happened with Reggie? That is he he's on the Nuggets now. Yeah, he went to Charlotte. Charlotte bought him out, and then Denver signed him. Okay, so it's it's kind of weird because he really has been playing great, but as a backup, it's it's a big difference. Like he was not a good starting point guard. I think he's a plus backup plus as a as a backup point guard definitely. So um, gives Murray you know a, a good backup, someone who can come in and run the show. I think that's a that's a great move. Yes, and also that what they struggle with most is offense when Jokic gets off the floor and that second yeah. unit comes in. And that's totally what he provides is offense. Him and Thomas Bryant will totally do that. Um, I just want to clean one thing up. I said that Danny Green went to the Clippers. He did. He got bought out, and he is with the Cavaliers now. Um, unfortunately, I don't know if you've watched him play recently. He looks pretty washed. So I don't know how much of an addition that was. But um, he brings, like, you know, veterans mentality or whatever. Um, <clears throat> one final thing before we go. What is a buyout candidate you would like the Celtics to target? They everyone they've targeted so far has signed elsewhere. So, uh, yeah, go ahead. Are there is there a list of of guys that are available right now? Will Barton uh, has not been bought out yet, but has been tied to the Celtics. Um, other than that, let me. Let, why don't you talk about the fit with Will Bar- Barton possibly be, while I look up the rest of the names? Yeah, I don't know if we really need him. He's he's decent, but we have enough guys at his position that kind of play the same role. Um, he's kind of a an off ball uh guy who can go get some buckets at times. I don't. I just don't think he's necessary. We're already super deep. I think we're the deepest team in the league. Um, we just like took the Bucks to overtime with our JV squad, pretty much. So, I don't think Barton is necessary. Um, if anything, I'm trying to think like what we need, where we could upgrade, maybe like, no, honestly, I don't know what, what, what names are you seeing? Oh, so yeah. So Terrence Ross, he signed with the Clippers. That was a big pickup for them. I really liked that one. That was the other guy that I wanted the Celtics to get. Um, Kevin Love looks like he's available, right? Yeah. John, or I was just going to say John Wall, Kevin Love, um, Nerland's Noel, um, and then Pat Bev, he, cause he hasn't signed with with uh, uh minnesota yet and then just looking through anymore oh Dwayne deadman but he signed with the sixers actually Serge Ibaka is available um but yeah other than that not really yeah. too what, much what do you think about pat bev uh, i would fucking hate it honestly i don't like pat <laughs> bev. and i think he can really have the potential of ruining a fucking locker room he can either help it or fucking ruin it and i think celtics have a good thing going i don't think they need pat bev unfortunately yeah. Honestly, for the Celts, I don't think any of those guys are really needed. Um, I think yeah. we should just stay where we are. Our our move was Muscala, and and it seems like it's worked out. I'd be okay with adding Nerlens Noel as further big protection, just yeah. in case you know whatever. Um, I would also be fine with um Serge Ibaka for that same reason, and uh, I liked Will Barton just as like a scoring. I mean, he's he's also fairly washed, but. Um, I just don't know. If, yeah, 
I don't know. I feel like we have a lot of guys who can score. Yeah, yeah. Just, you know, throw it out there. Why not? Um, But, yeah, honestly, it's like, you know how the Celtics get. Sometimes they get really fucking cold. So it would be nice to throw Will Barton in there. But, all right, good episode. That's going to do it for us here at the Lovecast. We'll be back next week with another episode. And, yeah, that has been the NBA trade deadline. That was a lot of fun to cover. Thank you all for listening, and we'll be talking to you very soon. Oh, Coming to say you're lucky, fine. We got to cutting it off. Nobody kidding, fuck on my line. I'm going to keep it up with y'all. But, shorty, I'm trying to make you mine. Don't make it too easy, I want to try. She looking too good, can't let it go by, oh, yeah. Think I won the lotto. This slow mulatto. She could be a model. She want to show me some. Think I won the lotto. Yeah, this little mulatto, yeah. she could be a model.